In just the last decade, the illegal wildlife trade has escalated into a multi-billion dollar industry. Now a global crisis, trafficking of ivory, rhino horn and other wildlife commodities threatens the survival of some of our planet's most iconic species. Our team at Focused Conservation are experts who draw from decades of international law enforcement experience to dismantle criminal organizations. We specialize in leading high-level investigations into transnational organized crime and terrorism networks across the globe. We are the experts who bring wildlife traffickers to justice. All this gives focused conservation the upper hand in continuing the battle against wildlife crime. Join us on our ongoing series where we conduct important discussions concerning wildlife conservation with experts from around the world. Welcome everyone to our web series and podcast, Voices from the Arena. I'm your Focus Conservation host, Stacia Carrington, coming to you from New York. With us today is our Director of Intelligence, Dr. Tim Wittick, who joins us on the ground in South Africa. We are so pleased to have Congresswoman Madeline Dean joining our conversation today from Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. Congresswoman Madeline Dean sits on both the Judiciary and Financial Services Committee. In the fight against wildlife traffickers, there is an important role for the U.S. Department of Justice, as well as the banking sector, U.S. Treasury, and FinCEN. She is passionate about illegal wildlife trafficking, and since her time in the state legislature in Pennsylvania, she has been a champion on these important issues. Well, Congresswoman, great to see you again, and thanks um, thanks for your time uh, today. So if I could uh, start with the question of, of actually, where did your interest uh, in these issues um, begin, you know, as a, as a professional lawmaker um, and elected official uh, or personally? Back when I was a state representative, I served six and a half years in the Pennsylvania House. My brother, I guess about 10 years ago now, brought to my attention the plight of the elephants and rhinoceros uh, about uh, slaughter for illegal trade, uh, for the tusks, for the horns. Uh, and I really was not so aware of it. Uh, then read up on it, uh, including some of the very important documented articles, uh, learned about it. And I have to admit to you, I said, this is just an atrocity, but what do you think I could do as a state representative to interfere with that? And what we both came up with was educate others. And so literally I introduced legislation at the state level back then, seven years ago or more, uh, to uh, ban uh, the importation of ivory, uh, rhino horns, uh, and other wildlife trafficked um, materials, resources. And uh, you should have seen the resistance I got from the chairman of our committee. What, what are you doing? What are you talking about? Elephants in Africa being slaughtered. And I said, it's, it's the right thing to do to lift up this problem. Um, but also government needs to have a say in it. So we actually had a hearing. So uh, it was, we were not able to pass legislation at the state level. Uh, but of course, coming to Congress, I brought with me uh, all of those same concerns. Uh, for justice, for our environment, for the planet, um, but also, uh, as we all know now, uh, that this trafficking uh, is, fuels terrorism, the financing of it uh, fuels terrorism. So we have to interrupt 
uh, the supply, the transportation, the financing, the demand, whatever we can do in order to save these elephants uh, so that my grandchildren and their children will know these beautiful beasts. Uh, so literally my brother, my eldest brother, Bob, gets the credit for pointing out at least this portion of the problem. Uh, you sit on the uh, on both the Judici uh, Judiciary Committee and also the Financial Services uh, Committee. So uh, it's a very interesting combination, especially in context of wildlife trafficking. Um, and as you know, and I think we've talked about is, uh, you know, there's there's actually um, a ma there's major initiatives within the financial industry uh, and other private sector uh, industries, but especially the financial industry to mobilize financial institutions against wildlife trafficking, you know, through their compliance and also uh, them as institutions and as kind of powerful institutions and influential institutions. So could you actually comment on that? How, how do you see it from your view? What are the, what's, what role did financial institutions play or could they play even better, um, you know, in, in helping fight wildlife trafficking? I think it really goes to the notion of transparency. Uh, what businesses are operating, who are the owners of these businesses, uh, to avoid the kind of shell companies that would hide uh, and allow uh, the discrete movement of wildlife resources. Uh, so we have the Corporate Transparency Act of 2020 that we passed. Uh, it, we passed it, I guess it was last January. Uh, it would improve the uh, transparency of the supply chain, uh, the very thing that your group is so very good at. Uh, at Focus Conservation, where you uh, are investigating the supply chain. And so the financial institutions have an important role to play to make sure that transactions are not being hidden uh, under, uh, under financial transactions, uh, discreetly uh, commingling of goods. Uh, we need just greater transparency. And that's where it is interesting uh, that financial services has jurisdiction and has a role to play to make sure the natural resources around the world uh, are being protected. Thank you. <clears throat> um, and, and do you see um, the U.S. being a, a leader in this, um, in this respect globally, in this, this kind of initiative? I, I think we have to be. Um, we are, of course, the strongest financial partner uh, around the world. Uh, we have to be a part of the solution here and a part of the educating others of what's going on. Um, Something I also care about, and I cared about this back at the state level as well, is um, the trade of drugs, illegal trade of drugs. They use many of the same systems, uh, financial systems. Uh, and so we, United States has, I think, a global responsibility, a moral responsibility, and a fiduciary responsibility. Thank you. Um, and, and from the, uh, uh, the Judiciary Committee side, what, what role does that committee and, and the work of that committee um, have, can contribute to, uh, to the fight against wildlife trafficking? And I don't have a good answer for you there, but it, this, the fact that we were having this conversation uh, made me uh, ask judiciary, why aren't we more active in this area? Judiciary has not been, at least in the three years uh, that I have been here, but we have a role to play. Uh, we can influence and speak to what does the Department of Justice know about illegal trade of wildlife uh, and how can we enhance uh, our codes uh, to make sure that we interrupt, we dismantle uh, the, the uh, criminal activity, frankly. So uh, what I'm going to suggest of my uh, chairman, uh, and I'd ask for your help, is uh, for a hearing that you think would be helpful 
in exposing just exactly what jurisdiction and what role we can play. You're also the co-chair of the Bipartisan uh, Women's Caucus. Um, and uh, so could you talk ab about that work, you know, what, what you do with that work kind of in general, um, and then also um, how this, um, and I guess uh, specifically about the role of women in, in any uh, USAID strategies uh, for community development and democracy, democracy abroad, um, and how this might intersect with this issue. I am uh, honored to be the Democratic co-chair of the Bipartisan Women's Caucus. Um, Representative Gonzalez Colon of Puerto Rico is uh, the Republican co-chair. Uh, I am ably served by Lucy McBath, uh, and she is ably served uh, by Kat Kamak as vice chairs. Uh, and you know that this is a very difficult time for bipartisanship, but this is exactly the kind of issue that should know no partisan lines. Uh, this is about protection of our planet, protection of our world, uh, and those who inhabit it. Uh, and so we have found some common ground uh, in the area of climate, uh, in the area uh, of global protection of other populations. For example, we recently uh, held uh, a meeting, a very moving meeting of uh, women and girls from Afghanistan who were, were flown out at the very end of the war uh, and the extraordinary plight they have here, uh, but much more the plight at home uh, for uh, women and girls uh, and citizens, frankly, of Afghanistan under the Taliban rule. So these, do, these things do intersect in terms of our, it reminds me of really, why are we all in this? It's about our common humanity. How do we wanna make sure that the place where we live and the places that we influence uh, lift up our common humanity and do not take advantage of whether it's resources, uh, natural resources, or uh, the animals uh, who roam our earth. Uh, how do we make sure that we protect those things uh, for the future? It is interesting because it's all women, of course, uh, an awful lot of us are mothers. And I think we bring that sensibility to it, uh, that we realize we have to protect uh, those whom uh, we love and we are trying to rear uh, in what is possible for the future. Uh, and a big part of that role is making sure our children uh, know to not take advantage of this earth uh, for exploitation uh, and never be involved in that kind of exploitation so that in the future, um, everyone can enjoy the riches of the planet. You know the plight of the elephants and I'm sure you speak about it a lot, but the slaughter of thousands of elephants a year uh, to the point where we could be at the brink of extinction. Uh, and the fact that this, this trade um, fuels uh, and finances terroristic activities, it is a national security threat, uh, not just a moral threat, it's a national security threat. And we have a role to play, women, men, every one of us, we have a role to play. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's it's uh, um, really interesting to hear about the, the work of, of the caucus, of, of the Bipartisan Women's Caucus. Um, and because uh, working with communities on, on this issue is incredibly important. Like we work, uh, actually, just so you know, uh, here locally in South Africa, uh, the abalone trade. I don't know if you're familiar with them. It's like a small or it's a large sea snail. Uh, it's very valuable in uh oh. And it kind of decimate it's, it's a big problem on the marine trafficking. And um, but we, we work with them, uh, this one community where most of the poachers come from. And 
uh, I try to identify their kind of health needs. Uh, and it's mostly around domestic violence. Um, and it's mostly around uh, women and families and children, uh, protection of children. So that's actually Ooh. what's driving people into being composers, you know, because they have to support uh, their families. Uh, and so <laughs> it's, uh, it's just incredibly important. Well, I think uh, that's kind of, um, those are the, the formal questions I had. Is there, um, is there anything else um, uh, you'd like to uh, say about about this this issue, or even like the bigger context of this issue about kind of the how wildlife trafficking fits into the bigger political picture or policy picture? It really reminds me. It takes me back to uh, something I prize, which is uh, Article One, Section Twenty Seven of the Pennsylvania Constitution. I wish we had a federal uh, amendment that read as well. But Article One, Section Twenty Seven, and I take it very very seriously as somebody who served in Pennsylvania House. Uh, and now serves federally, is that the people, we, the people of Pennsylvania, have the right to clean air, clean water, and the preservation of our natural aesthetic, not just for us, but for generations to come. What that says to me is, it makes me a trustee of this planet, of this place. Uh, And while that only has jurisdiction over the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, I believe that's the spirit that I take to my work. So when we talk about the environment, climate change, the protection of our natural resources, the protection uh, of these beautiful animals, for example, uh, we, we owe it as public servants. I absolutely think it is my responsibility to do everything I can to protect uh, this planet and that, those who inhabit it. So that's where I always go back to, um, that I, I take that when you, when you take an oath and you read the Pennsylvania Constitution, you say, you know, that's my job. Uh, and I, of course, I believe that's every one of our citizens' job, uh, is to t- protect this place, uh, not just to reap the benefits of it, uh, with a short-sighted mind toward financial profit now. Uh, so that, that, that's where I always go back to. Well, thank you. I think that was uh, very well said. I, I have to say thank you to you, and thank you to Focus Conservation. Uh, I hope one day to travel uh, to Africa uh, and be a part of the solution on that continent as well. So maybe someday we could do that. Yeah, definitely. Well, let us know. We'll uh, point you some good places. Thank you. Voices from the Arena, a Focus Conservation web series and podcast is sponsored by EJF Philanthropies. We'd like to extend a special thank you to Congresswoman Madeline Dean for sharing her time and expertise with us. Also, thank you to Representative Dean's Chief of Staff, Colleen Carlos, and District Scheduler and Event Coordinator, Megan Janison, for helping to make this interview possible. For more information on Representative Dean's efforts to protect wildlife, please visit dean.house.gov. This episode was produced by author and strategic communications expert, Ari Middleman. Our staff also includes Director of Intelligence, Dr. Tim Wittick, Founder, CEO, and retired DEA Special Agent, William Brown. Web Series Content Producer and Director, Jeremy Lazell, Media, and myself, Environmental Science and Policy Expert, Stacia Carrington. For more information on our team's ongoing work at Focus Conservation, you'll find us on all major social media channels and our website at focusedconservation.org.